3: Today in history, in 1543, Nicholas Copernicus publishes proof of a sun centered solar system. He dies just after publication.
2: Welcome to What the Fuck History, where we discuss the wackiest and weirdest things that make us say, well, what the fuck history. I'm your badass builder boy, Zachary, and don't worry, I can fix that. Not history. No, I can't fix history. That shit's fucked up.
3: Damn, I mean, he's not wrong. My name's Megan, and today I might be ranting about banned books. Not a guarantee, but I was on the website, and America, I just have to ask, why are we still doing this? And I'm Matt.
1: Apparently we're all doing our TV presenter voices. Today I learned that pugs can't be classified as typical dogs anymore. Essentially, it was ruled because their skulls keep getting smaller and that causes a number of health concerns. They're like a special breed that requires a special attention. I don't know why we all decided to sound <laughs> I... fucking TV presenters for our intros here. but I don't like, know. I'm for it. Zach did it and then Megan was doing it and I was like, Well <laughs> fuck, I guess it, I have to pull he out. He was my so
3: desk. smooth about it. Huh? I couldn't not do it. Yeah. Like he he made it roll off of my tongue. <laughs> he I blame Zach him Zach makes
1: <laughs> uh different things roll off of my tongue.
3: Uh, I was—I
2: actually was gonna say I, I for the first time in a very long time. Now that it's—it's it's not quite post-pandemic, but it's enough that I'm comfortable. I kind of got myself a little cleaned up, so I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm smooth, Zach. Smooth. Zach? <laughs> I'm smooth. Dolphin Zach, Zach. In and other things. That means that Zach has shaved to the wood, boys. <laughs> uh, just to make it look a little bigger for my
3: own self-confidence. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I'm, I'm so happy for you, all of I you, all, everyone who's...
1: Have you seen that picture? There's a what? picture on the internet um, of a guy that, be like... Be careful,
2: be careful here, man. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. There's a picture on the internet of a guy that, like, took a picture of, uh... He was doing yard work. And the <laughs> caption on the picture is, um... I shaved the bushes to make the deck look bigger. Oh, yeah. That's I did like see that. That's a dirty dad. Joke. Exactly. I was just like, yeah, that's how I'd phrase it if I, if I was yeah. gonna.
3: I've seen yeah. that picture. Yeah. I mean, now that we're all vaxxed, waxed, and maybe wearing slacks, um do I'm you... in
2: shorts. <laughs> I'm in nothing at
3: all, baby. Oh, no, just, I'm just kidding. In... Sexy I'm wearing Ned flanders I'm in leggings. I, honestly
2: I wish I was in leggings. I just did legs day at the gym and I think my butt would look great in some leggings right now.
3: Girl, those TikTok leggings. Yeah ones that make your butt
2: look big. I would put those on. Oh <laughs> that'll be the my. that'll that'll be a for some extra special uh advertisement later
3: <laughs> that'll that'll be on uh what the fuck after dark <laughs> yeah
1: all right everybody at right. home listening we played our game of rock paper scissors and our strikes have been set to zero so let's get ready to rumble the order for tonight is zach then me then megan yes take it take, take it um, away but- when it,
2: whenever you're I don't, like, I don't wanna like I don't wanna that awkward pause between when there are someone waits to know if we <laughs> should be told to take it away or just take I, it away. I don't
1: know, like yeah, sometimes I tell you to take it away and sometimes you just launch, but
2: you know Sometimes I just fucking go if for you, it. Yeah, <laughs> no, sometimes you do just get after it. Well, I'm gonna certainly get after it tonight because this one's a good one. This I mean
3: They're all good I ones. I try to bring
2: all good As ones. As opposed games. to the ones that are flops. I'm going to give a little preface here because I know Matt is kind of our war coordinator. Coming to you live from
1: World War II.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And, yep, there's another bomb.
1: All right.
2: (laughs) Uh, I am. Are you coming into my backyard? I'm not coming into your backyard. That's what I'm saying. I am taking the talking stick. All right. uh, And by talking stick, I do mean very large hammer. Because we're building tonight, boys, girls, and non binary folks. You're all hammer swingers tonight, so let's fucking roll. Because this
3: Zach's is. Zach's here. He's ready to walk with a big stick. I'm That's walking with a big stick tonight. with a big old metal bit on the end because we're hammering shit. Hammering on it, boys. We're
2: just fucking hammering on it. Yes. Uh, we are MC hammering on it. Uh, you should probably not ho- get around to this story. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, there's too many good fucking dumb jokes. We're just jokes gonna to be sit around here and talk about how much you hammer it. Yeah. Ballpark eight to ten. That's distributed. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I'm, I know. Yeah. Uh, uh, all right, um, you're getting me all frazzled now. <laughs> anyway, this is not a World War II story, <laughs> so don't get yourself worked up, Matt, because you've got me worked up, and it's gonna be a shit show.
3: All right. But yes, I'm I'm ready for the story.
2: (laughs) (laughs) The suspense is killing you.
3: Honestly, it kind of is. I'm like, when's it going to happen? It could. The story could appear at any moment.
2: (laughs) Yes. So don't get yourself worked up, Matt. That's my job for later. Okay. Uh, side note, I think one of my favorite things about this podcast is our incessant spitting on the gender binary and me flirting with Matt constantly. Hey, I flirt music. right
1: back,
3: baby. I know, but- I don't. I never get flirted.
2: <laughs> I am going to be talking about the Korean War, and more specifically, oh. the CBs' influence over this particular conflict. Are either of you familiar with the CBs? No. The
3: CBs. No.
2: The C.B.s, okay. Is the C.B.s or C.B.D. No, oh. CBDs. no. The C.B.s are a group of absolutely insane people who fall under the jurisdiction of the United States Navy. The United States Construction Battalion are the folks who call when you need something built or you want to lose in a drinking contest. Imagine okay. the most hardened Boston construction worker, but they also know how to use guns and explosives. All of them. All like, of them.
3: What do <laughs> you? What do you mean? I don't have to imagine that. I can go into Boston and I can see them. (laughs) Okay, okay.
2: Let me rephrase that then. The most hardened Boston construction workers, but they're legally allowed to use guns and explosives.
3: What do you mean? This is
2: America! (laughs) Uh, Fuck off, Megan! Zach,
1: I'm legally allowed to use guns and explosives. All I have to do is walk into a Walmart. Uh,
2: I know...
3: Let's, I don't know what uh, to tell you. You set yourself up for I it. know I
2: did. I was trying to be clever, and you fucking ruined <laughs> it. But, A baby anyway. could walk into
1: Walmart and buy fireworks. It's true.
2: <sighs> I know. I know. <laughs> uh, I'm just so sad now. Anyway. Anyway, tell me about the Korean War. The, yeah the cbs are pretty ding dang great but our story begins in the wonderful and wonderful wow i can actually pronounce words uh the wonderful and i use that in heavy air quotes year of 1950 Mm. september fifteenth, 1950 u.s troops begin landing in at incheon and fighting their way towards the capital of seoul now infiltrating an enemy location is pretty damn hard so the troops call up the cbs in order to come up with a solution and the boys over at the cbs they do some air recon and they're you know going over the information and they end up finding eight switcher locomotives that were trapped behind the enemy lines and basically thought yeah that'll do that that'll do nicely That's good. So Chief Petty Officer E.A. Sydney, who happened to not only be a part of the CB's crew, but also a former railroad man, takes eight men with him to start this operation. Sidney and the eight oh. men sneak behind enemy lines and make their way to Yongdong Po, where the cars are stuck. And these train cars are sitting in a switching yard uh, that was made for... Well, it was made for the Kirin Brewery. Remember how I mentioned at the top of my story that these guys can drink anyone under the table?
3: Oh my god, did they learn how to do it at the brewery? No,
2: no, 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 no. They were known for drinking under the table before this incident. So what ends up happening is the men split into two groups. One gets the trains ready, and the other goes into the brewery and steals 15 cases of beer and sake and tosses the good shit into the train cars.
3: They're like, loaded up, boys. Pretty
2: much. Was like, all right. F- f- and, uh, you know, it's enemy stuff. So I guess it's free shit for us. Somehow these wonderful men end up fixing the train. Get piss drunk while they're fixing the train. And start rolling them back to the United States Marine Corps that is on the other line. Back into friendly okay. territory. They're just pushing an entire yeah. train. No, no, no! They got the train rolling. Uh, like they turned okay. the train on. I
1: thought you were saying that the like this yeah, group of mad the... lads just decided to like throw her in neutral and fucking push a train.
2: <laughs> That's a lot of tonnage to push. I'm being but I mean, honest. Hey.
1: It sounds like these men could do it.
3: I know. Yeah. I, so get them. Fair get point. them drunk enough. Give them enough Kieran. Yeah. Right. Uh.
2: So they're you know they're they have the trains rolling they have the trains like actually moving the way they're supposed to and they've fixed the tracks up to get them to where they need to go however the trains come upon a section of railway that had been broken and dug up so instead of abandoning this project because they are at this point heavily behind north korean enemy lines and drunk off their asses what do you think they do
3: i don't do they, do they look the enemy straight in the eye and say, don't touch my train? It has precious cargo. <laughs> Pretty much because
2: they then stopped the train, got out, and fixed the train tracks for the North Koreans so that they could keep going back to the fucking United <laughs> States Marine Corps. So God. they start back up and begin chug a lugging. The North Korean...
3: Jugga-luggin.
2: luggin The North Korean infantry notices something is up at this point and just is like, um, okay, like, open hey, fire. That's,
3: sus- <laughs> that's suspicious. Should we, should we do something about that? Yeah. And then, anyway, I started blasting.
2: Uh, yeah, pretty much. I know that's our train, but seems a little sus.
3: Yeah, uh, I, I didn't give that train authorization to fix the tracks and move.
2: Yeah, pretty much. So they start... The North Koreans start just shooting bullets and mortar shells at the train, and simply not giving a fuck. Uh, the CBs are just simply. like, um, just duck, and they do. They just, just duck and just hide just. the whole time, like popping out every now and then to give the North Koreans the middle finger and just ch- continuing to chug along. Well, I mean, to be fair, it is one of the five Ds of dodgeball.
1: Yeah. dodge, dip, dive, duck, and dodge.
3: <laughs> oh, wait, wait, wait! You said dodge twice. Yeah,
1: yeah. Have you never seen dodgeball?
3: <laughs> um,
1: are you all okay? Maybe,
3: Add it to the list. Maybe it might. Are be. you?
1: Yeah, it's the five D's of dodgeball: are dodge, dip, dodge duck, dip. dive, and dodge.
3: Are those also the five D's of uh, combat in the Pacific Theater? <laughs> Apparently, <laughs>
2: when stealing a train, absolutely. Yeah. None.
3: Oh, okay. Now that I know, I feel like I'm prepared to fight a war there. So the
2: CBs and the eight train cars make it past the North Koreans, and they start gunning it for the line of the United States Marines. However, there is one issue with this plan.
3: I feel there's a lot of issues with this plan, but go on. But
2: one very big one in particular, because you see, well, the Seabees are very good at fixing things, they suck at paperwork, and the Seabees oh. forgot to tell anyone they were doing this.
3: This... Honestly, I'm not surprised. This seems like more of a spur-of-the-moment thing for them.
2: Yeah, absolutely. They were told that trains and booze would be involved, and they were like, fuck it, I've got nothing better to do on a Tuesday.
3: (laughs) Yeah, they were just like, God, if we're going to be on active duty, I might as well be doing something I want to do. Exactly.
2: So upon seeing eight North Korean locomotives headed straight at the United States Marine Corps line, the Marine Corps does what they do best— and attempts to kill anything that moves.
3: Yeah, is this Fast and the Furious
2: with trains? <laughs> Pretty much. This is this is, this this is, is, is North Korea. Fuck it, or this is the Korean War, Fast and Furious. Yes.
3: They start like drifting on the tracks. Oh
2: yeah, because it's about to get even better. Because not only do the Marines find that bullets don't do well against train, what do we do? <laughs> okay, grab bazooka.
3: What do if bullets no pierce train? Oh, that's right. Get rocket.
2: Get rocket, yeah, pretty much. So <laughs> they fucking haul out a bazooka. Why did you to... make
1: the Americans sound either like dumb cavemen, <laughs> which we are, or Russians <laughs> which we're not. I don't I, I don't was know. going to close for... enough to Russia. Yeah, okay. I was going for No, I was talking to Megan because she was like,
3: What oh.
2: do? I mean, I also kind of did what do. Ah, that's funny cool. Okay, that's
3: Yeah, cool. I was... See, again, like the newscaster voice, I was following exactly. Yeah, all right. See,
2: I only did it because I grew up in a house of... In a family full of Marines, so... Some of them are wonderful people, but they, uh... They're just good at killing shit, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave this, it at that. Like, good this at, good is a at very killing pregnant, shit Follow following this orders. This is a very and,
3: pregnant pause. Yeah!
2: <laughs> yeah, Not surprised that they just pulled out a bazooka and were like, kill the train. That's all I'm saying.
3: Yeah, that's what we do. We kill the train. We kill
2: the train. So, a Marine Corps private by the name of Crestfallen, great name.
3: That is a really good name.
2: Notices that the guys whooping and hollering while driving these line of trains are all wearing American uniforms and have clear GI haircuts and is like, what the actual fuck is going on? And he yells to his sergeant before I presume the bazooka goes off, to hold fire because there are some devil dogs on the train. Before the bazooka <laughs> goes off, I would hope you would so, hope or else you they're... would absolutely hope that that's what my happened. My
3: fingers are crossed. So
2: the private yells to his sergeant: "There's some marines on the train. Uh, can we stop there shooting?" There's
3: snake. There's submarines. On
2: There's a snake train. in my boot. There's, there's a there's a marine on the train
3: there's a marine i thought you said submarine no for there a minute, is and i was like <laughs> shit
2: yes there's a submarine on the train oh no
3: <laughs> where are they breaking it
2: <laughs> there are some marines on the train stop there are shooting some marines And this old ass, grizzled ass, nasty ass, grumpy ass motherfucking World War II sergeant looks at this thing and says, like, after looking at the train and looking at the private and looking at the train and looking at the private, he goes, and I quote, it's just them damned Seabees again.
3: It's just them. They're back. (laughs) Because again, they're back at it. Guess who's back?
2: back again oh dear <laughs> yes. god when i read this that quote right there was literally just like someone who had just had seen too much already and then had seen something else that pushed it over the edge and was just like fucking like, hell i'm done i just I'm feel done. like
3: i want to retire <laughs> yeah like
2: retirement's a knocking so in conclusion Your retirement's knocking <laughs> In conclusion, this sounds pretty on par for the Mad Lads and the Seabees, and it's also fucking awesome. Not only because did they steal booze, steal a bunch of trains, get shot at, but they even stopped to fix the local infrastructure for shits and grins.
3: That's so kind of them.
2: Right. If you're going to be behind enemy lines, you might as well improve the infrastructure. <laughs> <laughs> you
3: might You as might well. as
2: well be like...
1: You hey, might as
3: well for. I stole your shit, reason. but I fixed your shit.
2: You're
1: welcome. <laughs> I stole
2: this, but I fixed it. <laughs> um, you had something; I made it better. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Pretty much, what happened uh, though? It's like, mm, you know, that's like. Y-
1: but my only thought is that we're Americans, and so like that sentence would typically go. I fixed your shit, but, like, the added bit would be, I added an explosions button.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Is that what you wanted? Did, did you, you
2: want an explosions
3: button? Wait, you didn't and want pyrotechnics? they pyro were all techniques? like, no, I didn't. And they're like, oh, oh oops. well... Whoops, butterfingers. Whoopsies. <laughs> we... <laughs> oops, butterfingers. You have one now. Um, <laughs> just hear an explosion in the background. Yeah. So, right. my... My only up close and personal um, experience with the Korean War uh, was when I went to Seoul Mm -hmm. and I was going to go. I
1: thought you were going to say the time that you took the Ford Tacoma back in time to be up close (laughs) and personal.
3: Yeah, I actually went and I was like, hi, Kim family. Have you considered not doing this? Um, And they said, who are you? And why you I like
1: still them. haven't quite gotten around the mental image of men pushing trains even though that's not what happened but please tell me more about <laughs> your trip to Seoul
3: um, yeah so I was gonna go to the DMZ and uh, for those
1: of you that are uneducated that's the demilitarized zone.
3: Yes, that's the demilitarized zone but um the glorious leader up north had decided that was the day he was going to test his newest hydrogen bomb. Oh. And I then couldn't go to the DMZ because they shut it down. Uh, so <laughs>
2: because that... it was just an MZ at that point, understood?
3: Yeah, I like it wasn't allowed. So from I love that it pushing was just trains.
2: trains
3: <laughs> it was just an MC. So from pushing trains um, to frazzled Marines, to the DMZ, that's my experience.
2: Okay. I do also want to reiterate they didn't push the trains by hand. They turned them <laughs> on. No, I get that, but like, I'm still of the
1: mindset it's
2: that a they for
1: sure image. pushed the train.
2: They were steam yeah. and fucking sake powered machines, they okay?
1: Steam
3: and sake powered. They pushed the train. It's just such a. F- it's just such a funny it image. It is really like, just a funny they, image
1: of, like, Marines They
3: are like, pushing why trains. don't we do this the hardest way possible? And someone's like, we can just turn the train on. No, and it's no, like no, no. It's about principle now. In, in like, Korean Peninsula winter shirtless while it's snowing. And I understand this is not the scene that you painted no, for me. No, not at all. Um, but this is what I imagined the whole time. He's just like, yeah, but it makes you a better man if it puts okay. hair in your chest if you push it.
2: What you have literally done is taken like a small glorious premise and then just hollywooded the shit out of it. Yeah, like, I know. You turned it from a fun little story into a fucking blockbuster movie that's going to win an award for a bunch of bullshit.
3: I know, I did. I did. I I'm waiting for my award <laughs> that in the mail any day now.
2: Let me know when you get the screenplay going.
3: Okay, yeah, I'll let you know. All right, All
2: right I'll, you know.
1: I'll cast you as the. I'm. Um, <laughs> I'm. I'm ready. Uh, are Are you ready? I'm ready. I was gonna do I'm ready, like Mr. Krabs. A, I was gonna do a SpongeBob thing, but I feel like that would be cringe. Oh but well, yeet. whatever makes you, you feel wanted. better. Eat.
3: If you wanted to do a SpongeBob thing, I just I just
1: need you to know. No, like Zach said, are you ready? And I like, I thought about doing an II Captain, but then I realized that I'm turning thirty-two this year.
3: Yeah, but see, I'm turning (laughs) thirty-two.
2: I have never. I was not allowed. I was not allowed to watch SpongeBob as a child. So I've never watched SpongeBob, bro. How? how Did your parents think that it was the devil? They didn't think it was the devil. They just thought it was stupid. That
1: Bobby Boucher
2: (laughs) is the devil. Uh. So, but even if you had, like, it is so culturally ingrained into, like, the zeitgeist. Yeah. That even if you had said, aye, aye, Captain, my immediate reaction would have been,
1: I can't hear
2: you. Yeah, absolutely. And then it would have just been like,
1: oh. Anyways. Uh, my friends, tonight I'm gonna tell you the tale. Of, see how quickly I can just change tracks. Ah. I love it.
3: Oh, much like a hand pushed
1: train. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a hand pushed train, uh, powered by Marines and sake. Um, my friends, tonight I'm gonna tell you the tale of Mithridates the sixth. Also, also, s- no th- 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 says sh- fucking. We're gonna we're gonna cut yeah. it,
2: we're gonna we're gonna go back to one. <laughs> I don't know why, uh, but you just fucking turned into the the uh, executioner from Robin Hood yeah, Tights. Yeah,
1: I really did. There's
3: like a lot. There was a there lot There was that so you much and
1: I'm pretty sure I had a stroke in the middle. Um but you anyways a six
3: a sixth a half. Yeah.
1: Six? Six and a half. tonight I'm gonna tell you the tale of Mithridates the sixth, who is also known as the Euraptor. Or, after his death, and it's nice that they waited until after his death to call him this, Mithridates the Great.
3: Oh. oh. I was really hoping he'd be like, I'm going to tell you the story of Mithridates the Sixth, yeah. who was also known as Mithridates the Seventh. <laughs> <laughs> after, after his death, they also called him Mithridates the You know what's really funny about
2: Mithridates the Sixth?
1: <laughs> his dad was Mithridates the Fifth. Uh, and his daughter... Oh. Was also named
2: Mithridates. Dude, okay, was she really? Yeah, I she was. get that Mithridates is a pretty cool name. It's certainly <laughs> cooler than the name I've got. Yeah, but Zachary is a pretty cool name. That's, but that's a lot, a lot cool of name? like. I'm gonna name my child the same name as me. Like, I almost was Alfred Holbert Johnson the third, and I'm fucking glad that I'm not the third of anything. Yo. That's Holbert. That's insane. So, anyways, uh,
1: Mithridates was the king of Pontus which is a small nation in Anatolia, which is also known as Asia Minor.
3: Uh When his
1: father, Mithridates V, died, (laughs) he was too young to rule, so his mother did it for him until he overthrew her. her. Uh, Oh, Uh, He put her in prison and took the throne. Okay. And I have a feeling that she probably would have given him the throne if he asked for it for his birthday, but who knows? <laughs> I could bog you down with all the information about how uh, determined a ruler he was, and how he started several wars to challenge the power of Rome. But instead, I mean, so yeah,
2: nope. I wouldn't say determined. I would say impatient, mm. considering he couldn't even wait till his own fucking birthday to like get his he's yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. mother yeah
3: mother i would like more golden fish crackers and she was like no and he was mm-hmm. like if i was king i could have all the snacks
1: i'm I gonna want. fucking <laughs> flip this table
3: I'm instead of telling you how how
1: determined he is uh i am gonna tell you a funny story about his death
2: okay Seems, seems better.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I was joking before when I said that Mithridates' mom would have given him the throne if he asked for it for his birthday. Because all evidence um, points to his mother having killed his father with poison. Oh uh, so that oh. she could take she the throne for herself, along with his brother, who, surprise, surprise, was not named Mithridates.
3: Oh. I'm... Interesting.
1: So his overthrowing his mother had been the result of him running away, uh, becoming a man, and uh, getting strong enough to overthrow his mom on a cliff uh, like Scar. And uh, no, this is Lion King now.
3: Montage. It's
1: just Lion King now. <laughs> he found a fucking warthog and a meerkat to I show him how to, how to live his life. Uh, he went back, threw his mom off a cliff, and then uh, had sex with his cousin or something. That's how the Lion King goes, right?
3: I think um, so. I think.
1: Yeah, if you go back, it's it's pretty crazy.
3: If you, are you were you also not allowed to watch the Lion
1: King? <laughs> no, Zach definitely. I knew Zach when he was in high school, and he definitely was a Disney boy. So was I? I think you were, my <laughs> dude.
3: Like, if not if really not directly more. then definitely
2: by association Definitely by association can confirm on that. Yeah. I mean I've been to Disney World a number of times yeah. but like I don't go for any reason other than I love fucking giant parks with giant fucking roller coasters. That's
1: fair. So you'd assume that anyone whose mom killed their dad with poison would have a f- healthy fear of being poisoned themselves? But for Mithridates, he channeled this into OCD levels of paranoia about poisons. Show me the blueprints. Yeah, right. Show me the blueprints. Show me the blueprints. blueprints. Show me. Show me the blueprints. Show me the blueprints. For those of you that don't know, that's an aviator reference. Uh, According to historians, he had created an elixir known as Mithridatium, which was made up of small doses of poison and eleven herbs and five spices, just like the KFC recipe. (laughs)
3: What's See, happening? that was
2: a fucking my... terrible joke that I
1: wrote in. <laughs> I love it. <That> was... <laughs> also... such
3: a funny joke. As soon <laughs> as you, you said uh... <laughs> like,
2: a bunch of different poisons, my brain automatically went, 11 herbs and spices. They were spices. both poisoned. They were both poisoned. I've been building an immunity to iocane powder for years. Okay, that's great. <laughs> um, so anyways,
1: the 11 herbs and spices are not real. Obviously a joke, <laughs> really, uh, but the recipe. I really wish they the were. The recipe did contain a few herbs that, unfortunately, because you know uh, time is a cruel mistress, uh, they were lost to time. But also, I have a feeling that he just didn't write it down anywhere.
2: I was gonna say arsenic is a spice, right? Pro- probably the way they used it.
3: It's like so mm,
1: people can't be taste. People think, or most historians. Assume or, like, you know, just random strangers on the internet. Think that he would <laughs> feed yeah, of, he would feed ducks these poisons, according to them. Then he why? would monitor their he health to why? see which ones survived. And then, I guess, he would drink the blood of the surviving ducks to make sure that he was oh taking a non-lethal dose of the poison that the ducks had ingested.
3: Okay. Okay, but, like, bear with sure, me. Sure, yeah. <laughs> the duck to human ratio body wise yeah. not the same yeah well no,
1: so, not the same at so all. that's why it was like a guarantee <laughs> not... that he was taking a low dose right because if it yeah, was enough like, to not could've... kill a duck it was also enough to not kill a person
3: yeah but like he probably could have taken, it like had the blood of the killed ducks and it probably still wouldn't have
1: been no enough. but if it was yeah. enough to kill a duck maybe too much you
3: know what I mean? I mean no like this maybe. okay
1: so essentially follow me on this one right
3: Okay I'm following you Feed a
1: duck poison If that yeah. duck dies maybe just maybe you gave it enough poison to kill also a human possibly maybe as well I
3: guess there is a possibility so, Don't you have So, poisoners?
1: Feed a duck poison Duck yeah. stay living Kill duck, yes, definitely not enough poison to kill a human.
3: Okay, got it. So that's kind of just I'm here. The thought, I'm here with you. Um, so, anyways,
1: I'm not, it's not like specified anywhere that he did that, uh, for sure. But essentially, what he would do, much in the same way that Wesley from the Princess Bride built up a tolerance to iocane powder. He would mm-hmm. dose himself with small doses of most food-borne uh, or ingestible poisons because he always assumed that his food would be poisoned. So he would ingest these small portions of poison and he'd be fine. And then, you know, he would just build up a tolerance to these. Uh...
0: Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom.
1: To these poisons yeah um that being said mithridates does become the king he goes on like a spree of just trying to gain land and uh get strong and be big and show everyone else how big and strong he is
2: oh such a big strong boy. such a big yeah.
1: strong boy but he was, as I mentioned, a determined leader. He, re- he waged a lot of wars trying to gain land. Yes. And um, at a...
3: Standard.
1: Huh? A standard Tuesday. Standard Tuesday for, for like, ancient yeah. Roman times, for sure. Mm, definitely. But he did, uh, at one point, get soups big enough to, like, challenge Rome. Now, when I say that he got big enough to challenge Rome... I'm saying it in sort of, like, the David and Goliath sense, where he was yeah. very much still, like,
2: the underdog. I was going to say, anyone can challenge Rome. It's whether or not it's a smart
1: decision Rome. to challenge Rome.
3: <laughs> right, right, right.
1: Um, it wasn't for Mithridates.
3: Um, <laughs> in conclusion, not smart. That. Not a good in idea. In
1: conclusion, bad, 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 bad.
3: His cool name. His could cool not name was
1: not him. enough. Um. So yeah. he goes up against. Uh, he goes up against Rome, and not in like the real sense where they meet on like a battlefield, but I think it's just like there are skirmishes, and then all of a sudden he realizes that he's losing and he retreats. And I don't know if any of our <laughs> listeners have seen fucking this coward. meme. Yeah, fucking coward. Yeah, coward. Can at least live up to your cool name. Come,
3: come out here and fight the Romans to their faces. Again,
1: I think this is, like, best best described. Have you guys seen the picture of, like, every time that North Korea is talking about launching nukes and there's just a picture of, like, Kim Jong-un running out and throwing a nuke at someone's boot and the boot is just labeled USA and it just looks Stop. like a little kid throwing a toy at someone? Ugh. No, i have not seen this i'll have to I try and to find this. it and show it to you but anyways it's it again it's a date david and goliath type situation where it's just like mithridates thought his pants were bigger than they were and rome like stood up from the kitchen table and was like we're gonna put you back
2: at the kids table
3: yeah, and then slapped Mithridates in the face with their giant dick. I was about to
2: say Mithridates walked in with big dick energy. Rome just walked in with a big with thing. a bigger dick. Yeah. <laughs> so with a big so dick. Mithridates uh,
1: was a very proud man. He was proud of all that he accomplished, and he decided to himself once Rome was like. We got to teach this young upstart a lesson. He didn't want to be... We got to
3: teach this whippersnapper. Yeah, we got to
1: teach this whippersnapper. He didn't want to be a puppet for Rome, though. He didn't want to be in a situation where Rome was pulling all his strings or Rome was parading him around in, like, shackles and chains, going, like, look at this little idiot we caught being an idiot. Uh, so he decided <laughs> that he was going to kill himself and his entire family so that they also oh, okay. could not oh, be puppets.
3: No. So he it's fucked around, and,
1: he and instead, of, around, finding and instead out, of finding out, he decided to go bye bye uh, I do also want to mention that he did have his family's consent to kill them.
2: Okay. At oh. least he got their consent. According to, Jeez, like, odd. the
1: Wikipedia article that I was wa- or reading, which... You know, I don't know how, how fucking accurate any of this is, but, um, you know, according to, according to Wikipedia, it said that his, his daughters asked to have poison first. Um, and then he gave it to, uh, his wife, uh, who was also his cousin or his sister or some shit. I don't remember.
3: Yeah, that makes sense.
1: Oh yeah, so this is this is a quote from the fucking Wikipedia. You guys could have done this research on your own. So, uh, <laughs> okay, rude. well, character. I'm no, I'm not saying you guys. I'm talking about our listeners. But anyways, uh, Mithridates then took out some poison that he always carried next to his sword and mixed it there. Two of his daughters, who were still girls growing up together, named Mithridates and Nysa, who had been betrothed to the kings the of the Plato- the Ptolemaic. Egyptian and of Cyprus, asked him to let them have some of the poison first and insisted strenuously and prevented him from drinking it until they had taken some and swallowed it. So his daughters did ask to be killed first. Um, And from what I can tell, his wife also asked to die, uh, but it's not mentioned there. Anyways, what it goes on to say is that he then has the remainder of the poison, Mm-hmm. And he like he jogs in fucking circles to get it to pump through his system faster, and because he has spent his life building <laughs> up a tolerance <laughs> to no! iocane powder,
2: Yup. no, <laughs> he's fine. He, I, I, I saw he, that. I saw that. Why would he, he pick another life? poison? Absolutely fine, and does not die to the poison. Rip. His liver is just like it's another fucking Tuesday. Hey, looks like it's, another Tuesday from hey, Mithridates. This, which um, is, this with the amount garnished. we've been saying that, I think that's going to be the name of the episode. Yeah, it's, it's just, just another, another fucking Tuesday. Tuesday.
1: <laughs> um, but he remains alive because he uh, did yeah. the Wesley from Princess Bride, and he spent his whole life building up an immunity to food-based poisons. Now, the side effect that does occur for him is is shown in his next attempt to kill himself because he tries to kill himself with a sword and because he's in a weakened state due to the poison but not dead, he is not unable to kill himself with a sword. I guess according to, like, again, to Wikipedia, he wasn't able to lift the sword enough
2: to kill himself. Oh, I was no. about to also say, like, it takes a lot of effort to stab a sword into like, something. Like, straight including through yourself. your
1: sternum? Which I guess is what he was trying to do instead of, like, just slitting his throat or something. So what he ends up doing instead is he asks one of his house's bodyguards to end his life.
3: He's like, hey, can you help a brother out? He (laughs) basically
1: says that the guy has always been a faithful servant and he wants him to do, like, one last favor. But the bodyguard ends up obliging and, uh you know mithridates dies and rome is just like we win um not not that it it was not that it was really a competition to begin with but yeah that's the story of mithridates the sixth um and how he (laughs) spent his whole life afraid of poisons and then when he tried to poison himself was unable to
2: yikes Yikes. like i mean i get it and it's smart but at the same time it doesn't matter how smart you are history will find a way to fuck you yeah
1: exactly i just thought it was really funny because it's like this guy he's spending his whole and with good reason like his mom did or by evidence did probably kill his dad to usurp the throne but then he's just like you know what i'm gonna thwart like the whole i'm just gonna thwart this attempt to poison me and then like i think so obviously like this is still used today where people will take small doses of like venom from snakes and shit to build up a tolerance to snake bites or like people will still do this to you know build up tolerances to other things so that they like it's not so bad for them. Yeah. But it is one of those things where I think he thought he had enough poison to put himself down, not realizing how much his body had built up
2: a tolerance. Well, I mean if it wasn't for his greedy fucking kids, maybe he would have been alright. Yeah, right. greedy. <laughs> <laughs> and if he fucking didn't kids. care so fucking much. Yeah.
1: But yeah, so what you get forgiven <laughs> <the> a shit. <laughs> that's what yeah. That's what you get. Anyways, that was yeah, my right. story that was fucking great wasn't that wild it was good
2: oh i love dumb shit like that yeah i mean i
1: it was something that i had like known about for a bit and then i was scrolling through the internet after a staff meeting at work today and i was like oh that's not a story we've done before let me (laughs) let me tell and like one of the things too is it's a very bare bones like Just reading it on the internet, it's like this guy poisoned himself, even though he had built a poison tolerance. So you're like, How do I make a story about that? And then you, like, I dig a little deeper, and all of a sudden, I obviously fucking stretched it. Yeah, I mean, I mean,
3: I there are like stories I come across like that too, where I'm like, Oh, it's too short, but it's like kind of but it's goof worthy. Yeah, it is goof worthy. Yeah, you just sit here and you're like, I mean, it's funny. Let's make
1: some goofs.
3: Yeah. The building up the poison tolerance is really interesting in some YA books that's um that's used. I think like in a series I read a while ago, uh the the girl was like I'm just going to sit here and slowly poison myself and then if someone actually tries Well the it, the process
1: oh. is named after him as well, so Oh, really? Uh, oh yeah, yeah, the process it is. uh the process is called like Mithrid detization okay. which is like yeah. poisoning yourself slowly so that you build up a tolerance to poison
3: okay which is
1: bonkers so i mean i guess There's... go off sis getting your name in
3: the go history
2: books off. yeah right
3: well like also um i i was reading another book and it was like a little bit of poison is not bad for you it's actually helpful yeah. uh and the example that they give is, um, you know how people in England would be like, "Oh, I'm taking the waters," and then they would like go to Roman hot springs. Yeah. Um, the reason hot the springs make you feel good it is because like radon gas w- works its way up through the minerals in the ground.
1: Oh, dang, dude!
3: So like you're like getting a little bit of radiation,
1: mm, a healthy bit of mm. toxins.
3: Yeah. Yeah. There is a word for it. I forget the word, but I thought that was like an interesting concept where like a little bit of poison can actually protect you in the long run. Huh. Mm.
2: Interesting. Mm -hmm. I guess I'll start taking a little bit of poison every day. (laughs) Wait, no. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. Also, listeners, don't. This is a joke. Please don't.
1: Ladies (laughs) and (laughs) gentlemen, we are not doctors. No, we are not prescribing a a little bit of poison
3: i'm merely a librarian
2: <laughs> i don't even play a doctor on tv i know uh, the yeah. only time i um, play doctor
1: is when zach and i are together so Ooh. stop
2: megan you should probably
1: stop. tell us about your story now
3: i'm yeah. i'm gonna tell you my story I it need has you to nothing with to the do notes,
1: though, the title
2: name title title oh, title, yeah. title. Um,
3: Title, title. It's called Welcome to Economics, where everything is made up and the points don't matter uh, to the rich. (laughs) Okay. You can tell that Megan's coming out swinging. Yeah. Um, I'd like to take this time, listeners, and come out formally to say I don't understand economics. Uh, I, I don't respect the machinations of the economy and the market. Some would call me an anarchist. I do... Proudly accept that title. (laughs) Um, People who talk about the market seriously are nerds, but like (laughs) terrible nerds, (laughs) like in the worst way. So don't at me, Redditors, if you're listening. Uh, This TED Talk has been brought to you by my personal discovery of tulip mania, or as we say in Dutch, which I'm not, uh, Tulpen Mani.
1: Steve, tell her how to Um, say that appropriately later.
3: Yeah, I know it's wrong. I know it's wrong. Uh, So now, before I get into the meat of the story, I feel like I should explain that much like the Victorians simped after orchids in the 19th century, the Dutch simped after tulips in the 1600s. I feel
2: like the Dutch are still simping for tulips. Like, I feel like that's what they're known for. Tulips are really
1: pretty. That's true. That's
3: true. They definitely are. I smuggled a hundred tulip bulbs out of Amsterdam. Why? <laughs> one time.
1: Why did you do that?
3: Because uh, they, I wanted them, and they uh, clearly were, they were cheap, and so I brought them. Did you home. not
1: have to declare that at customs?
3: I did. I did have to declare that at customs That's that not I a chose. very good
1: smuggling job if you're being like, hey, I have
3: all this shit. <laughs> I've always thought the best
1: smuggling jobs are the ones where you show up and go,
3: I stole these things. I didn't steal them. I paid money for them. Oh, I just so didn't want to go through the hassle. Okay, so
2: you were just I like, was. I'm Han Solo, but actually, no, I'm not.
3: I didn't want to tell anyone I had them and cuz they told me I couldn't have them and I was like Th- that's dumb. Okay, I,
1: no. I'm, I'm going to Okay, this we'll let you get back to your story, but it, who told you you couldn't have them?
3: Uh the airport, the airport was like unless you buy the tulip bulbs inside the airport, you can't have outside tulip bulbs and I was like I already spent I already spent Dutch dollars. I
1: already spent on... Dutch dollars.
3: <laughs> Some would call it the euro. Oh god! I've already spent money on a hundred balls. Why didn't not... you just
1: tell them that you had bought them at the fucking because airport? Because I
3: think they, I think they would have. They, they, the ones at the airport said you bought them at the oh, airport. Oh, there
1: was like a stamp on them that was like yeah, there was like a stamp, like a tulips. little.
3: <laughs> yeah, these are uh bombs, baller baller bulbs. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wanna make that a deep wanna... now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Higginbombs baller yeah. bulbs, come get them. Um so I'll get back yeah, into please. my story. The Dutch loved tulips in the sixteen hundreds and today. Nothing has changed. Uh like they kind of Simped after them considering I think most of their economy is built on the bulbs of tulips at this point. <laughs> like I don't I don't know what else they do, to be honest, except weed in certain places. But th- everyone's doing that now. Yeah. Um
2: You're not special. Do not anymore,
3: Yeah. Like, <laughs> like don't fact check me on my knowledge of the Dutch economy. Uh I just think you should believe that that's a rational and correct statistic anyway the dutch tulip business really thrived during the dutch golden age between the 1600s to the mid 18th century they had it was a good stretch for the dutch republic um they were considered to be one of the most advanced and so- sophisticated economic, business, and financial systems ever seen in history. And pioneered a lot of economic innovations that we see today, including the first well-recorded asset price bubble in history. So, hmm. um, that I'm going to talk about that. I know. Strap in. It's exciting <laughs> stuff. <laughs> also, uh, Megan... Yeah.
2: Just to let you know, the number one export for the Dutch is machinery. Oh, large machinery. Yep. Four tulips.
1: (laughs) Yeah, those are (laughs) those are their most smuggleable item.
3: Oh, yeah. (laughs) What you got under
1: the uh, under the tarp there? Nothing. 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 Just Just some uh, large machinery. Large machinery. Imagine if you yeah, put large like, machinery oh, over your tulip bulbs and then you get to the other side of, like, where you're smuggling <laughs> and you're like, we crushed
3: them! We crushed them. Or you open up, it's like, "What? what's under the hood of your, your cat dozer? And it's like, don't open that. that don't, <laughs> that's where I'm don't smuggling do it. my tulip bulbs. Don't do it. The bulbs are sleeping. Um. So anyway, it... The Dutch had the first recorded asset price bubble in history, and if you guess that that asset uh, was tulips, you are right. I kind of figured... (laughs) It was about tulips. The tulip, along with other plant life, like potatoes and tomatoes, uh, came to Europe in the 16th century, and their popularity started in the Netherlands around 1593. I know, this is really good stuff. Uh, When a big plant nerd, or a botanist, as my sources are now telling me, named Carolus Cassius, um, planted a collection of the bulbs and found that they were able to tolerate the harsh conditions of of the netherlands uh because nothing wants to fucking grow there it's cold and it's sandy um having tulips became a status symbol among holland's trading families with expendable cash reserves after their freedom from spain i bet you didn't know that it was once the spanish netherlands Mm -hmm. uh Now, in looking this story up, I learned more than I ever wanted to know about tulip cultivation. But just know that it takes a long time to get a really, really baller bulb. Uh, (laughs) Like, we're talking years for one flower. It's a lot. Um, And because tulips don't just like to be ripped out of the ground whenever, tulip (laughs) traders could only sell them from June to September in the spot market. I think it's funny
1: that Uh, you say that tulips don't like to be ripped out of the ground just whenever. They don't. When that's the truth for almost every other plant that exists. I don't think any of them approve of just being ripped out of the ground.
2: No, there are some. I'm sorry. Uh, there are some plants that are very easy to transplant. Well, see,
1: easy yeah. to transplant doesn't mean that they approve of it, though.
3: Okay. You <laughs> might. Be I don't think right. plants have
2: feelings, man. Um,
1: Zach, I've literally witnessed a tree go into shock because it was planted somewhere else. I think they have feelings. It,
3: they might have feelings.
2: Someone's a fucking druid.
3: <laughs> I know. Matt's over here like, I'm a druid, and I speak for the I trees. I am the and Lorax, the say, and I speak for you. the
1: trees. And the trees are very loudly saying,
3: shut the
2: fuck up. And <laughs> the trees are saying, stop polluting, or I'll
3: take your fucking knees. Yes. I'll take your knees. Uh, that's
1: such a good picture.
3: Uh, I've always wanted knees because I'm a tree. Anyways. So uh, the rest of the year, when Tulip's couldn't be physically sold uh contracts were signed before a notary and what was known as future contracts like i want the sweet bulbs and you'll give those to me when they are available you're telling me that
2: these boys had tulip nfts
3: yeah and they were fungible the
1: whole time
3: yeah i'm telling you that these nfts were originally tulips (laughs) Uh, So as the flowers grew in popularity, professional growers paid higher prices, which drove prices up more. Then in 1634, the Fire Nation, and by that I mean the French, uh, began to want tulips, and speculators began entering the market. And by 1636, even bland-as-hell tulips were going for hundreds of guilders, which I assume is a lot of Dutch cash, (laughs) a lot of Dutch dollars. In that year, tulips were the fourth leading export in the Netherlands behind gin, herrings, and cheese. So, the, the,
2: f- economy, the four main food groups.
3: The four main food groups gin, herrings, cheese, and tulips. tulips and tulips. <laughs> Just, you know, you take a tulip bulb raw in your hand and you bite it like an apple. And. <laughs> man is it everything
1: about that description
3: (laughs) it is it it's filling and it tastes like dirt mouthful of dirt and gravel and bulb juice um (laughs) and the reason for the skyrocketing in price was because of the speculation in tulip futures among people who never saw the bulbs at all Tulip mania reached its peak here when some bulb contracts were reportedly changing hands 10 times a day, but Jeez. no deliveries were ever made to fulfill the contracts because the market crashed in 1637. And we had a fucking uh, tulip depression. We had a tulip the depression. Great tulip
1: depression.
3: Yeah. Like they, the prices were so high that people are like, I gotta pull out of this. Like, this is this is getting to be a problem. Um, also, this was due to like buyers being like, I don't want to spend any more money. But also, they weren't showing up to the routine bulb auctions because uh, the plague broke out. Oh, again.
2: Yeah, that, that's a good reason you, not to you show know. up.
3: Yeah, I, they were dead. Um, if you were wondering. They were deceased. Uh, After the market collapsed, the court of Holland was left with resolving hundreds of disputed sales. So the court ordered each city to freeze tulip agreements and investigate the matters and then act on, you know, on which agreements like buyers actually wanted to to pay out. Now, I do have to end this story on economists arguing about how big the fallout uh, of Tud- Tulip Mania was, and if it even was a speculative bubble. Um, some of them say that it wasn't as bad because like, it only affected a small area of Holland, but then others say, well, it was bad because the fallout did shake people's faith in a whole like network of economic values um, because like Kurt Vonnegut once said, the economy is just a system of other people's opinions.
2: I mean, and I also think that it's probably a it. big thing when 4%, your fourth largest you know, export <laughs> is this fucking thing. Like,
3: yeah, dude, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think this would be talked about right. If it wasn't such like a flash yeah. And it's kind of like if I don't know, what's what's America's fourth largest export? Guns. Yeah. I feel like that's you know what its one. first
1: largest export is? Guns. It's second? Guns. Uh, yeah. It's third racist white people. And its fourth <laughs> is that's guns.
3: True. That yes. That's correct. Um,
1: I am curious now, though, so I am gonna look it up. It's,
3: aer- uh, it's aerospace. Products. Is it actually? <laughs> yeah, might it as is. well be guns. So wh- wh- top- why
2: not aerospace guns?
1: Why not?
3: Uh, I'm so sorry. Uh, it's actually auto parts is the four. Oh, so car uh, guns. So our yeah, car guns is number four. Space guns number three. Oil guns Mm. is number two, and food guns is (laughs) number one. Food guns
1: is the number one?
3: Yeah, food guns, number one. Nice. Guns all the way down, (laughs) but (laughs) different guns.
1: Different guns.
3: Car tire guns (laughs) is, is one of them as well. But yeah, like it, it's the equivalent of, you know America being like, we can't sell one aircraft, yeah anymore. like
2: that's a huge chunk of stuff, yeah.
3: yeah, it's worth 99 billion Jeez. of our economy. yeah, so that's what tulips were. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's tulips for the Dutch. That's tulips for the Dutch. They were the same thing as a Boeing jet engine. Oh,
1: wowzers.
3: <laughs> so I thought this was, I thought it was interesting because like the, that quote from Kurt Vonnegut, like I read Galapagos, like, I don't know, a decade ago at this point. And like the economy being made up as from a system of like other people's opinions has always like really stuck with me. Yeah. Which is, I think like, is very true, but it's also a really wild concept when you see people's lives, like, made and lost, depending on what the stock market does. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I I get that. Yeah, I just think it's, like, really wild. Um, So I wanted to do this, especially, like, I wrote this story a few weeks ago, uh, because, like, the stock market has been crazy lately and i was like oh i wonder you know like how this kind of like what was the first asset bubble like because we're in a housing bubble right now (laughs) like what's happening
1: well thank god Uh, we'll never have another tulip bubble
3: yeah thank god something as important as the tulips remains sacred
1: (laughs) what did you end up doing with all the tulips that you smuggled
3: um so they're downstairs and the like in their own barrel in the garage. um
1: Are they still fun fact about bulbs? tulips?
3: Yeah, they're still viable bub bulbs. But fun facts about tulips: they love the Low Countries. They hate my yard. <laughs> <laughs> they, you smuggled tulips like, you can't even fucking use. I know. I'm I'm aware. The worst part is they're like. They're actually really beautiful tulips. They look like each petal has been hand painted. Oh my gosh! But yeah, apparently our rich loom is too rich for their blood bulbous bodies, <laughs> and and they would prefer. They're like, no. Can you get me some sand and <laughs> salt water? That would be good. No, not too much sun. Um, Just enough. I prefer. Just enough. I prefer to suffer. Also, it's too hot here. Uh, Can you get, like, a balmy sea breeze going at all times? There aren't enough windmills. I can't grow in this environment.
1: (laughs) Windmills are essential. Windmills are essential. Uh, That's why the Danes have so many of them.
3: I think they are essential to the The growth growth of of tools. Because every time you... Well, every time you see those field pictures, yeah. right? There's yeah, always yeah, yeah. like five, yeah. five windmills in the same field, and like the tulips loving it. They're living, they're laughing, they're oh, loving. Oh God! And <laughs> on that
2: note, I'm done. <laughs> I think I think we're just
1: gonna give Megan all three strikes for that. One, Why? one for live, no. one for laugh, one, one for, for laugh, laugh, one for love.
3: I think that's. I mean, okay. we're at
1: the end of the podcast, anyways. Yeah. So, like, we can bring you back in for the, uh, the last bit here. I, um, I'm gonna bring it down. I know that we're having a good time, we're having some goofs, but, um, I've been struggling this episode, listeners to the podcast will know that, uh, I haven't talked much, probably this episode, I've, I've been cutting my snippets in here and there, but, um, there was another mass shooting at a school today in the United States, and I'm kind of just furious, I think. Yeah. So it's been tough. It's been a tough day for me because I, uh, I work in a building with children. And so sometimes when I turn on the TV and I hear that 14 kids were killed in Texas, you know, it kind of hits home because you think about like... The kids that are close to you having to go through another round of active shooter training and, you know, all these kids that are learning how to fucking hide under their desks when a shooter comes around their school. And will have to do that for the entirety of their school career because we just don't want to give up guns. Just kind of fucks with me a bit. Uh, so I just want to say, even though, uh, it's useless, my thoughts and prayers, I'm not going to fucking say that. I am going to say that, um, I hope the world gets better someday. Um, and we thank you guys for staying with us and listening to us talk shit about history. Uh, yeah. and with that, I will sign off with the question that we're all asking. What the fuck History.
2: If you like what you hear from the triumvirate productions and what the fuck history we encourage you to tell a friend we don't pay for any ads so the best way to get us out there is to talk to other people about us you can find us on facebook at the triumvirate productions on twitter at triumvirate underscore pod and on instagram at the underscore triumvirate underscore productions
0: planning for your next trip